Hi guys, welcome back to The Corner. I'm your host, Everfair. And as I said last week, this week, we're going to be talking about Sabakin Obisco, Platinum End, Osama Rankin. We're also going to be talking about um, this manga I talked about last week, Jujuka no Rokunin. Um, and we're also going to cover some, like, shows as well. So, you know, it's not only anime here. Even though that's what I love, I've talked to you guys about some other things as well. We've also got some new releases coming up, like, later on, later on this year that I wanted to, you know, remind you guys about as well. But yeah, let's just get straight into it. Okay, so um, just before, you know, I go in, I'm going to give you little guys a little disclaimer about each of the episodes. So I'm doing a joint, so I've mashed them together. So this is a summary of episode one and two, because not a lot ever happens in the pilot episode. It's just them usually setting the scene, etc. So just giving you a heads up, these are both episodes ones and that and two of all of the anime I'm going to talk about. So yeah, so Sabuku no Bisco opens up with an explosion and I feel like this was just, you know, like set the scene so we know why the world looks how it does, all destroyed and everything. But yeah, we see um, Bisco, the MC, attempting to break into a district. And as this is going on, we're also introduced to um, Neko Yanagi or Dr. Um, Dr. Panda or Panda Sensei. I call him Panda Sensei, I'll be real. But yeah, and we see him treating um, these working women. They're like, um, yeah, they're prostitutes. I'm not even going to... I'm not gonna cap or strippers but yeah he's treating them and they're trying to flirt with him obviously but he's not interested and we find out that he's actually going out of his own pocket to treat the people in his district and it's making him like hella broke and we find out that he's buying mushrooms illegally as well and he's doing this to support his sister because she's infected with the rust and it's like it's kind of heartwarming because you know I'll be real I love my sister but I ain't going out of my pocket for her well, if she was dying, okay, yeah, that's a different story. But still. So, yeah. So, God forbid, by the way. My sister will never die, just name it, But, yeah. Anyway, we find out that he's buying uh, mushrooms illegally. And he's, like, you know, doing experiments on them so he can, like, develop a new treatment to help his sister. And while he's doing this, he ends up running into the governor of the district. And the governor was touching his face and bear trying to flirt with him. So I think it makes sense why he wasn't feeling the, um, you know, the strippers. Because Padden Sensei, he doesn't swing that way. But yeah, so we get the governor flirting with him a little bit. And I low-key feel like this governor's shady. Like, I feel like he's hiding something. But yeah, as he's flirting with um, Panda Sensei, he asks him to, like, basically just leave the whole district and come and work for him. Like, you'll get a better life, you know, pension, retirement plan, everything's there for him. But you kind of know he wasn't really having it because he kind of has to look after his sister. We also learn that his sister is part of the security force of this district. And don't be confused. This doesn't mean she's working for um, the governor because the security force is like independent of the government or the, the governor's like office. It's kind of like having a neighborhood watch and then having your police and like your, your council, etc., etc. So, yeah. And we find out she's really super strong as well. So cutting back to Bisco's breaking in, as he's breaking in now, he starts a little bit of conflict. And in this conflict, his mentor, who goes by Jabby, gets injured and he gets like shot. So because of this, Bisco then ends up needing to go and to find a doctor, you know, AM, let's do one plus one equals two. You know who the doctor is. You know, that's movie magic there for you guys. So that's how they kind of, they link up because of that. So Bisco ends up kidnapping 
Panda Sensei to force him to treat his mentor like, you're going to have to help my man or I'm going to kill you. While this is all going on, the governor comes and he, like, gets his henchmen to shoot up the entire clinic of the entire hospital. And, of course, you know, you have to eye for an eye. If somebody's coming for you, you have to slide back. So, obviously, Powell, we've seen that they destroyed his her brother's clinic. And he's been like, she's been like, oh, we can't, we can't, we can't let this run. So her being her, she has to ride out. But she thinks it's Bisco that's destroyed the clinic because, as I said before, they've kind of painted out anybody that's like, you know, messing about with mushrooms as a terrorist. So she's assumed that it's um, Bisco that's attacked the clinic, and so she kind of goes there to to attack to attack Bisco basically. And in that in that bid, that's how we kind of get introduced to all all of the main characters that the story's going to be following. So yeah, that was just a brief, brief introduction to the first two episodes of Sabiko no Bisco. I advise for those of you that did watch it and that know like you know what happens in the ins and outs. Like honestly, just comment and tell me, tell me like what you enjoyed the most about the episode. I uh, what I enjoyed most about this episode wasn't even the plot because like nothing really happened yet. Um, it was just it was the world building. I'll be real, because this guy travels around on a massive crab. Like, how many people do you know that travel around on a crab? Me, I take the bus. In fact, closest thing I've got to a massive red crab is the red buses they give you in London. And them things aren't free. I'd rather get a red crab that's free over a red bus that's taking taking my hard-earned money. I lied. It's taking my hard-earned money, but I really... I haven't got a choice. We need to be driving soon. I need to level up. But, yeah. Also, whales. The whales in this world, they fly. They don't They don't go into the... They don't... They, in fact, there's no water for them to swim in. Like, everything's been destroyed. It's just sand, so... Yeah, these whales are in the sky. Like, they fly. Which has me thinking, if a whale should just, like, you know, drop, what, what's the what's the protocol? Like, I actually want to know what they do. They have to cover that 100%. But, yeah, tell me what you guys enjoyed the most about, you know, those first two episodes. Um, moving on, Platinum End. Now, this one's a bit, this one's a bit more gritty, but it was still, still very, very, you know, like breezy in the first the first two episodes but yeah so it opens with um mirai kakehashi he's the uh, main character and he's basically deciding whether he should steal or not from this store because he's like he's dead he's dead broke as in all my uni students can relate even today i had money issues but yo we we live and we learn honestly we live and we learn but so yeah he's deciding whether he should steal or not and i know we've all been in this position I'm not about to expose myself because I want to be employable in the future, but I'm not even going to tell you whether he stole or not. But after he's like had this whole, you know, moral dilemma, he decides to go to the top of a building and he's contemplating jumping off, like whether he should take his life, etc. And he does. He jumps, you know, he's got the balls. Me, I would never, ever, ever. I probably have to like sit on the edge and then like ease myself off. But yeah. So then as he's falling, he gets caught by his guardian angel. And her character design is very, very similar to um, Shiro from um, Dead Man Wonderland, if you've ever watched it. But she explains the whole, um, like, why she's there and that he's a god candidate now. So he shouldn't be depressed. But I feel like somebody telling you you shouldn't be depressed is really not going to, like, it's not going to solve your depression like that. But obviously she gives him, she explains to him that now he's a god candidate, he's going to have wings and he should make the choice of wings or arrows. And him being him, he chooses all of them. 
And so now, because of this, he's like flying around the world, basically just enjoying the new kind of confidence and the new lease on life he's found. And this is this is like what this is going to talk about what I enjoyed the most in this episode per se, because the nightlife in anime, like if you've ever watched even Studio Ghibli, like it doesn't have to be necessarily like anime specifically, but I've clocked Japanese animations, the night, the way they animate nightlife it's complete, like it's very unique. It's completely different to any other type of animation you would have ever seen. So that's what I really liked about this, those, these two specific episodes. Like when they animated him flying around, you see the stars, you see the cars, as in, I've never seen streetlights look so vivid ever. But yeah, that's, that's what I would say I loved about this episode per se. But yeah, so then he ends up flying around and then he goes back home and he doesn't live with um, his mom and his dad. Like, he doesn't live with his immediate family. He lives with his aunt and uncle, which I guess is normally, like, you know, Eastern culture, living with, like, extended family. I guess that's normal, too, in, like, African culture as well. But, so, he's, like... And they're abusive, by the way. So, yeah, they aren't they aren't good people. They, they're giving off Cinderella vibes, yeah. So, everything is going on. He's gone back now and he's met his aunt. And the angel explains to him how each of the arrows works. So, there's a red arrow... And that makes people fall in love. And then there's also a white arrow, which kills you instantaneously. So his angel, Nase, explains to him that he should test out his arrow on his aunt. And he should ask her the truth about, like, his family life. Like, ask her, why Why do I live with you guys? Why am I not, I'm not with my family? So he does. And when I tell you, you're not even going to be ready for the confession this woman makes. As in, they need to take her to Judge Judy. They No. Jerry, in fact, Jerry, even Jerry Springer. Or what's, what's the UK one? that they cancelled. Jeremy Kyle, that's it. They need to take this entire family, all of them, Jeremy Kyle, ASAP, because the confession she dropped, I wasn't even ready for it. But basically, the reason he's an orphan and he's living with his aunt and his uncle is because of his aunt and his uncle. I'm not going to spoil that part for you, but watch it, because just don't be trusting. Don't. Mm. In fact, I don't even know how that's betrayal at its finest. But... Once he finds out, this kind of, like, makes him have, like, a psychosis. Like, he breaks down. And he has to, you know, he has to make a moral decision what he's going to do with the information he's found out. But aside from this, we learn about two more of the other God candidates. So one of them is a comedian, and he's... Both of them are abusing their powers, don't get me wrong. But one of them is abusing his powers more so than the other. And he used he used his red arrow to make a, like loads of women fall in love with him, but then I'd say he kind of met his demise quickly because the second god candidate that we're about to talk about killed him, literally no reason we don't get an explanation as to why he just finds him and kills him. And what's crazy is the second guy is running around dressed up in a superhero costume, and he's calling himself Metropolitan, like. I know I watch anime and I know I'm I'm a nerd, but I think he's taking it a bit too far because, like, I get you've been given powers, but like at least try and use them to make money. What what's running up and down in a costume? What's that gonna do for you? You're not Batman. And we're gonna watch that in a bit as well. Yeah, I'm excited. You guys should be too because I'm gonna talk about it on the podcast. But let me not get sidetracked. Yeah, so he's running around and he's basically parading as a superhero and he's spreading the the message about the god candidates to the rest of the world and he's indirectly letting all the other god candidates know that when i find you i'm gonna kill you so this makes mirai very very scared so he sends his angel away he goes into like paranoia mode 
and we go into like he starts to go into his school like as in he's obviously a student so he's going into school now and as he's doing that he realizes that he can see another angel in his school and as he's in paranoia mode kind of guess what this is where this is going he's about to he's about to enter another sort of conflict and he doesn't know who this angel belongs to so he kind of has to play it cool and act normal before this angel can notice him and then the episode cuts out literally it cuts out when the angel looks him in the eye so it has me thinking one whose angel is it two what's the angel going to do to him and three what's our boy actually gonna do because i don't know how you bust that situation because this angel was like staring him dead in the face as in right there there was nowhere for him to run look like personal space boundaries but yeah see that's that's platinum end for you guys there the first two episodes and i'm gonna talk about episode three next week so if you know you enjoyed it after watching episode one and two then you know where to come and find me when episode three is airing, you know what I'm saying? Actually, episode three's already aired, but when I review it, you know where to come and find me. Okay, now moving on, we're going to be talking about Osama Rankin. And this one is the lighthearted anime I was talking about last last week. And although it's lighthearted, as I said before, it's still very, very like There's still a lot you still need to focus on. As in, don't be missing on the hints they be dropping for you, Okay. Calm. So Osama Rankin opens up with um, the prince, Boji, and he's getting robbed by a, like a shadow, and the shadow's called Kage. And this happens several times. So Boji gets robbed of his all his clothes, and then he ends up having to walk back to the palace. And everybody's going to be laughing at him, like literally, they're just taking a piss. But what's so sad about this is because Boji can't talk, so because he's mute, he can't explain what's happened but at the same time he doesn't feel the need to because he entered an agreement with the shadow explaining that he should never ever say what's happening and i'm going to explain why the shadow is also very like what's the word pessimistic as well because i don't get why you're going to be robbing like taking advantage of somebody like that over and over again but we're going to get into that so obviously seeing as a body's a prince you walking around naked is going to have an effect on the morale of your people because they're going to think, why is our king doing this? Even me too, I was thinking, I get you're meant to be like a good-hearted, naive main character, but anybody with common sense is not going to walk on the streets naked. Like, it takes a different type of main character to do that. It even takes a different level of confidence. But yeah, so as he gets back to the palace, he gets he gets a stern talking to by his um by the king, and we learn that the king is part of the giant race, like the giant clan, and he rose to power because of he was strong, and his mother as well was also a giant, but we find out later on that she's out of the picture now, and he has a stepmother and a half brother, and his half brother is called Dida, and his stepmother is called Hilling. It's kind of linked to her name because she has like a her name is Hilling. And it's kind of linked to her ability. Those of you that can figure out what her ability is from her name, I think it's very I think it's very, very obvious. But yeah. So we learned that um because of his like embarrassment, his dad's like, you have to take up some sort of soul training. And I don't know how you guys feel about your parents telling you something is mandatory, but whenever I've been told something is mandatory and I have to do it, I don't want to do it. Even with uni work. Once I know the deadline is tomorrow, I ain't doing it. In fact, that's a cap. I'll still do it. But the quality of work wouldn't be the same as if I actually wanted to do it myself. But that's even the opposite with Bodji, because even though his dad told him to do this, he was still eager to do it anyway. So we get to the, we cut to the, like, the sword training bit now. And we see that 
Bodji's brother, his half-brother, is the one actually currently going, undergoing the sword training. And he's actually a decent fighter. Like, he's good at it. He's okay. And while Bodji was watching, he got interested. And now he wanted to face his brother as well. Now, I'm going to let you guys watch the fight for yourselves. And I'm going to let you guys decide the winner. I'm not going to tell you who won. All I'm going to say is one of them has ultra instinct. As in, one of them is dodging left. As he has showering gun. Man get Q. EMS. As in, he's got it. Because the way he was dodging, I can't even... I need to, in fact, I just need to dodge my assignments like that. That's that's how I need to be dodging my assignments. Stress, just dodge it like that. Bob and weave, out of the way, gone. But yeah, they're fighting. And then once the fight draws to an end, we kind of, that gives us a, a clear dynamic as to what the relationships between everybody is like within the castle. Like even the soldiers, we get to see what side they're on. And we get to understand why some of them kind of have picked the sides they've picked so then as this fight goes on um we find out that the the shadow that was that was robbing Bodji deep the shadow that was taking advantage of Bodji we learned that he was watching the fight and he's kind of grown an attachment towards Bodji but also after the fight we learned that Adada Bodji's stepbrother is taking some seriously detrimental advice from his mirror as in, he has like a talking magical mirror. And when I say, if you see this advice, this mirror is feeding him. Nah, this mirror is the devil's advocate. I don't even care. Because it's, mm, I can't, like, I won't, that's your brother. How are you going to let an inanimate object talk you into, mm, it's crazy, really. But to be fair, that's most of most of us, that's our reality. We look in the mirror and we get bad advice, let's be real. Because then we start, we start acting up. But yeah. Um, so yeah, we learn that Dada is under the influence of a magical mirror. And now there's some other things I actually want to talk about, like aside from the the plot and what goes on in the anime, there's some parallels I wanted to draw between some of the characters and like real life, like real life communities we might see or like real life situations you might get yourself into. First of those being Bodji. I really dislike the fact that because he's mute, everyone around him thinks he's incapable. Like... I'm so sorry. How many times do we have to, to do we have to prove to people that just because as in he can't talk, he can still read, he can still write, he literally just can't talk. So I don't get how they've made the connection between him not being able to talk and yeah, you automatically not be able to run a country or rule a kingdom or to protect the people that it does make zero sense to me. Because I know some people that can talk but they choose not to talk. Are they are they useless? No. You get what I'm saying? And that was even just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the parallels. Another parallel I want to draw is um, Kage, the shadow that's like Robin Boji. This shadow, if I give you the... They give us the backstory to the shadow in like the first episode. But essentially he was taken advantage of. He was part of a clan of assassins. And they were in a contract with the king of their kingdom. And the king kind of betrayed them. And then persecuted every single one of them. But Kage can... Obviously he escaped... And after he did so, he was kind of faced with a lot of just discrimination in the real world. I don't have to explain to you the parallel where I'm drawing right there. I think it's very, very obvious. I think it was even done intentionally because he's literally a black shadow. Like I don't, I don't have, to, I don't know what kind of explanation you need me to give you after that. Do you know what I'm saying? But the one that I, I had to dig proper, dig, dig, dig deep to, to find the connection, and I think I even probably thought about it like properly yesterday, was with Dida. Because his character design, he's 
got blonde hair and blue eyes right off the bat there's i wouldn't say there's anything wrong with that okay but then once i started seeing the way his character was kind of the line his character was going down like any sort of insecurity or any sort of uneasiness he had he went straight to the mirror and the mirror I think is literally a metaphor and an embodiment for him internalizing all the like the negative opinions about himself I think that's what it's meant to represent although in the anime itself the mirror is his own entity like it's his own being I feel like that's supposed to be what it kind of represents in the real world as in like people are instead of finding instead of using other people as um like a means to bounce your ideas off of and get good and meaningful advice that will actually help you it's like people are sitting by themselves and letting their insecurities fester and then that is what in turn is then reflected to other people because the way he treats his family members and he treats the people around him is not it's not nice but he's getting all of this from the mirror so i think that's what that's trying to like teach us trying to represent that okay but that's enough of anime now you know but just anime because we're going to go back to mangas in a bit like literally we're not we're not done i'm going to talk to you about a manga just in a second okay but before i talk about that i'm going to talk to you guys about bel-air real quickly okay bel-air now i don't know those of you that have watched the fresh prince as in the the sitcom the comedy with will smith you know you know you were your real ogs because me too I'm, i was been i grew up on that you know what i'm saying but if we're going to talk about that in comparison to Bel-Air now, which do you prefer? If I had to ask you which you preferred, which would you pick? Because I genuinely want to know. Because, don't get me wrong, I really, really like um, The Fresh Prince, as in, like, the, the sitcom, the comedy. Because some of the topics they touched on, from racism to poverty to classism, in comparison to the show now, I'd say the show's still very, very realistic. One was quite obviously a comedy, but I feel like I love how the show has dramatized some of the concepts that we were laughing about in 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 the in the show, because okay, cool. Let me give an example now. So going off of the first the first episode, actually was this the first episode? In fact, going off of the trailer, because I'm like five episodes in now. Going off of the trailer, I think there was a clip where I saw um Will checking Carlton because he was letting a white character say the n word. Now, the tension in that in that scene from just the trailer and even when I watched it was completely different from in the in the show when Carlton was you know he kind of felt like he was wasn't black enough do you know what I mean I felt this one properly as like in my head I thought they were about to fight I was on edge I was anxious and I even I feel like I don't even have to tell you guys who my favorite character is is Carlton because he's so hateable as in off camera I've seen this brother's TikTok He's like a musician, he's an artist. He's one of the most, he seems so calm. And then I now go and see his character. And I'm thinking, this can't be the same person. As in, how, what level of acting do you have to be that I hate, I hate. In fact, from his character, I would think he was like a, I would think he was actually like a racist, like an Uncle Ruckus, he's a coon. And then in real life, he's such a sweet person. Well, I don't know him in real life, but you know what I mean? So, those of you that aren't watching Bel-Air, I say, that's your own, innit? But for those of you that are watching it, you can come back again, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking about it, because I enjoy it a lot. But yeah, you should, I feel like you should watch it. OK, 
Okay, now let's get back to um, manga real quick. Enough of enough of the real world shows, you know what I'm saying? Because they man, we put enough money in their pocket. Let's put some money in these manga artists' pockets now. You know what I'm saying? Okay, did you kind of roken in? Chapter one, I ain't giving you guys chapter two. I don't think you deserve it. I really don't think you deserve it. In fact, not even I don't think you deserve. It. I don't think you're ready for it. Because I probably have to give you man like a trigger warning. But yeah, so episode one opens. Episode one, chapter one. I keep forgetting this is a manga. So yeah, um, chapter one opens, and we see um Uruma. He's the main character, and he's getting bullied by these five boys. Yeah, and they're all meant to be in middle school. So um. Um, I'm going to give you guys the names of the bullies. I don't think you'll remember it, but I just like how some of them sound. So the first bully, his name is Kuga. The second one is Ushiro. Third one is Sen. And then it goes Madoka and Shigoku. So calm. Those are the guys that are bullying him, okay? So it opens and Shigoku, who's like the lead bully, is strangling the life out of Uruma. As in, this boy's face is going purple. In fact, he wet himself. That's how bad it was. He peed on himself. I don't know if you guys have ever peed on yourself before, but the shame that comes with peeing on yourself, nah, it's embarrassing. Because you even, it's bro, it's warm, you can feel it. And then one of the most humbling experiences ever is, you know how that pee starts off warm, when it now turns, it's cold. When it now goes cold and you're just, you have to like, you can peel your trousers off your leg, as in you have to walk with your legs apart. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You have to walk with your legs apart because you don't like it, like sticking to your body. You know, I know you know what I mean. But yeah, that's how they, imagine, that's how they had him. While they're doing all of this, they were calling him test subject A. And I don't even have caught that, but if they're calling you test subject A, it just has me wondering, how many more test subjects are these brothers going to have? As in, how many more people are you going to put through this kind of pain? So, as Irma's getting bullied, they let him up and he literally just goes home. And he tries to hide the fact that he's been bullied from his like younger brother and his family. Because I, I don't know who would want their family to know that. But... Side note, guys, if any of you are getting bullied, even if it's not your parent or a teacher you're going to tell, tell somebody because I feel like it's a lot easier if somebody knows. Because something then happens, it's just your story's going to be believed, do you know what I'm saying, if you've told somebody. And it's just it's just safer to tell somebody. Like, never go through something alone, do you get me? Okay, but back to the story at hand. So he tries to avoid telling his brother and his family because you know you want to keep them protect well he feels like he's protecting them by not informing them or involving them and and i guess to kind of further that point as he was trying to like take the eyes off of his his own situation he finds a stray cat and he decides to look after it. he takes it home to his brother like you know as like a I said, just like a warming, just like a warming thing to do to your to your family, you know. It just shows that his character as a person, he's someone that genuinely cares. Like he saw a stray cat and he wants to look after it. And then we find out that these bullies later on they find this cat and, yo, I swear, even the RSPCA need nah the RSPCA need to come and hold these men accountable because mm, I don't know if you man ever saw that TikTok, not even the TikTok that clip of this woman pushing a cat in a bin and then she got fined. I don't know what they would find these man for what they did to this cat because nah in fact you know what R.I.P. R.I.P. Rest in peace man. Or should I say rest in pieces because yeah what they did to this cat? What they did? Mutilation. But yeah so they've destroyed this cat now and they've made Uruma look at it 
as in they made him pick all the pieces back up together and you can see in his eyes that this thing this messed as in this messed him up because before this point like the way they were animating his eyes he had like pupils his eyes had like you could see the 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 soul in them after this point his eyes were literally just a black they were black they were black circles no pupil no nothing so as this is going on now he's taking all the pieces of the cat the cat together and they've realized that it hasn't really black it's broken him but it hasn't really broken him so they were like how will we how can we take it to the next level and then they devise a plan but the only person that knows the ins and outs of this plan is the the lead bully his and i said before his name is shigoku but i don't know if you guys know how japanese japanese names go but they say your surname and then your first name his name is shigoku kyo so i'm guessing his surname is shigoku and then his first name is kyo so um this guy kyo devises a whole plan to kind of um set um Uruma's family in danger so he literally devises a plan to put them in danger but the issue with this plan is it comes at the cost of one is one of his henchmen's lives and i need to understand i'm saying henchmen but i mean hench boy because they're all still in middle school as in these are actually what even is middle school? i think that's like primary school here or is that like what year year seven to what year year nine i think that's middle school but yeah these men are all in middle school and he sacrifices his boy's life or he tries to sacrifice his boy's life to put Uruma's family in danger and it works because Uruma ends up an orphan as in the only person he has left is his brother and his brother's in a coma so now his brother's in a coma and Uruma knows who put his family in danger don't get me wrong he knows who did it so he wants to he wants to like one he wants to forget about it but two he also wants to make sure that his brother's like safe and that they don't come for his brother but bearing in mind his brother's in a coma in a hospital his brother's defenseless so there's really nothing he can do to actually stop it so um he ends up being forced to live with his granddad and we learn that his granddad was part of like the military he was part of the kitayama corps which was a corps in the japanese army that focused on espionage and um like assassinations i don't know how true this is but according to the manga this is something that happened i don't really know if this happened or not but i can find out for you guys if it's something you're interested in but yeah so we find out that his granddad was basically like some killing like a soulless killing machine and he opens up to his granddad about wanting to avenge his brother and his granddad just looks at him and says the way you are now if you try to avenge anything like you're going you're going prison they're locking you up 25 to life you're done okay you're done clock out for me as in you're finished finito okay so he's like so what can we do about that and then do you, you know how anime you know anime physics those of you that know it you, you know what's about to happen next do you know what they hit us with a four-year time skip four years my uni course is three years i'm just giving you that for comparison yeah and i don't even want to be here for the full three years and you're telling me they had this boy up in the mountains for four all i can say is the beast that's about to come down from those mountains that the animal that's about to come down it's not the same one that went up he's about to be op he's about to start dropping these bullies like straight flies but yeah that was that's the last one i wanted to cover that's the last anime i wanted to cover now we're gonna move on to just you know what i talked about those new releases that are coming out this is what you guys should be excited excited for i'll be real because 
I'm very, as in, they aren't even out yet, but I'm already excited. Okay, the first one we want to talk about is Hunter Hunter. So, according to Togashi, he's already got 10 chapters ready for the, the continuation because it stopped before. And even when it stopped, I wasn't up to date because I was only read, I was only watching the anime at that point. But then, because it like because I got to the end of the anime and I was I had nothing else to do, I started reading the manga. So now I'm like very, very... I said I'm into it and I'm addicted. I can't stop. So yeah, and that's meant to come out in like May 2022. Originally it was meant to come 2021, but I think it got pushed back. So that's when we're gonna get it. I don't even if you could even give it to me in 2023, I'll still be there for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Another one I want to talk to you guys about was Classroom of the Elite. Season one was a bop. Season two can only go harder. So I don't get why you wouldn't want to watch it. To give you guys the rundown of what Classroom of the Elite is about. Um, so essentially, there's this um, private school and it's like a school district. So all the students live on like an island, but only students live on the island. A section of the island is for your schools, like for your lessons and your extra active, extracurricular activities. A section of the island is for your the dorms. So everybody lives on the island. And then another section is for like your everyday stuff. So like shopping, cinema, do you know what I mean? So it's literally like a school district, but it's an island. And what's crazy about it is that you get an allowance, but your allowance is based off of your, like your grade, like your, your average grade. And you only get given your allowance at the start of every, like I think it's at the start of every term. And another thing to like kind of scare you guys about this anime is the fact that the class is based as a whole. So you don't get given like, like fair enough, you get given your individual grade, but what decides your salary as it like your income is your class grade. So as in, you know, those people that used to have like people in the class that would be dragging the whole class down. Yeah, if you were in this kind of school, they would be, they would mess, they would mess you up. You bring down the general grade, they're coming for you. That's the kind of school it was. So, and they also give them like extra challenges to do to kind of like boost your grade. And all these kids are now in competition with each other. So it goes from class eight all the way to class D. And the main character we're following, his name is Ayano Koji, and he's in the last class. But what's really, really weird about him now is the fact that on the entrance exam, he scored exactly 50% on every test. And this is, I found this weird because it's like, cool getting exactly 50 percent is this as normal but to get exactly 50 percent on every single test that's suspicious i feel like you're on like you're hiding your ability on purpose and that's honestly why i was watching it i want to know why but then as we're now watching anime even more because i finished the first season i was deep in that it's, that's not just the only thing that's weird about this boy there is a lot that's weird about him and without exposing it you need you need to watch it because even some of the other characters in the show too they're very like they've all got their own issues and if you've ever been to like a public school mixed keyword if you've ever been to a mixed public school in this uk there you know it can be very um let's just say it builds character okay it builds and tough skin so now imagine that and times all the suffering all the everything times it by a hundred that's classroom of the elite. That's classroom of the elite. So that's why I tell you guys to watch that for sure. Um, other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, Top Boy. 
that's coming on the 18th of March. I feel like that one's pretty self-explanatory. You can't be in the UK. You can't even have a British passport and say you don't. You haven't heard of Top Boy, because then I think you just need to res- just just go and return it. You know, just give it back to them at the immigration office because you don't need it. No, yeah, really and truly, you don't need it because you're a fake citizen. How can you tell me you're living on this island in the UK and you wouldn't even have watched one episode, not even the trailer of Top Boy? Like, what are you? Are you a hermit? You don't have a TV? You don't have Netflix? Huh? Not even Netflix. Even watch series is there. Back out. I'll even send you the link myself. But yeah, um, to give you guys kind of insight as to what I got up into the week because I feel like some of you are definitely interested in my personal life even if you want I'm telling you anyway um so I watched the Pink Floyd film that was very very insightful it's a bit scary as well because some of the images in there that kind of thought-provoking 100% as in you want to have a conversation after you've watched it I feel like it's kind of hard not to want to do that but then I also watched The Prisoner I think it's Prisoners and that's a film with um, Viola Davis and Hugh Jackman in it. And it was about like um, these two families have their daughters um, like abducted and then they go on a hunt to like get their daughters back. Kind of like Liam Neeson taken, except I feel like the way this one was done was more in it. It was realistic, but also very unrealistic. But then it also challenged your like your your thinking and your perception because it kind of made you ask the question, how far or to what extent is one allowed to go when they're trying to like save their child, if that makes sense? Because we watched Hugh Jackman essentially turn into what he hated the most, an, an abductor, in an attempt to find who abducted his child. So I feel like the show really makes you, like it puts your hypocrisy right in your face, as in loads of people say they, they dislike, you know, people that commit crimes or they would never ever commit a crime. But what do you do once you're in a position where you feel like that might be your only option? Do you know? I feel like that's a that's a question that watching that made me ask myself. And I feel like you guys should check it out too. I find yourself asking yourself some crazy, some crazy, crazy questions. Okay, but to wrap up this podcast or to wrap up this episode, um, the last anime I wanted to talk to you guys about, and I'm not even gonna like go into too much detail about this one I just want to like, mention it so you guys can go and watch it and check it out in your own time um, it's Horimiya and this anime is like a slice of life type anime it's very relaxing I feel like it kind of just just a pass in the mood for spring a little bit because spring is coming if it's not already here yet but it's about um, it's about relationships and not relationships in the sense of not in the icky icky sense no it's about like general relationships, like building relationships with people, like your friends, your classmates, your teachers, parents, things like that. I'll, I'll be real, this anime kind of helped me develop proper friendships because bef- I'll tell you, before I watched it, I kind of thought that a friendship only has to be accommodating for, for you as an individual because it's it's like it's about you. Everything is based on you from your perception. But watching it allowed me to understand that what makes relationships work is the fact that you've put you're like communicating with somebody else but you're communicating with them while they're in the forefront of your mind like you're not talking to somebody thinking about yourself you're talking to them but you're thinking about them and how they might be feeling about the conversation or how they might be like receptive to what you're saying etc and to talk more specifically about the anime it follows um the main character his name is Horimiya and in school he's kind of like a he's a background character in school 
And then outside of school, he's still a background character, but he has a lot more personality. But then what makes it stand out is the fact that the personality he has outside of school is a complete opposite to the perception the people in school had of him. So then because of that, they start gravitating towards him a bit more because they didn't think he was like that. And then we watch him kind of flourish into into a very, very beautiful and open character. Literally just off of the back of him being seen outside of school and people getting to see that he isn't just somebody in a uniform if that makes sense and I feel like we can all relate to that because once you're in a professional environment or in a uniform environment I feel like people only see you for your exterior and what's on the outside or because of the perception they have they have of you that's something that I've experienced a lot being black I feel like I walk into a space and people look at me like they already know me and that can be very very aggravating especially when you know you're nothing like the perception they might have of you just because of how you're dressed or because of how you speak. And I know there are probably loads and loads of people out there that feel the same way but probably don't even have the, the confidence to speak up about it and be like, yo, ease up. Do you know what I'm saying? So I say that's why you should really, really check it out. For those that find themselves judging people very, very easily and those that kind of want to just, you know, enjoy anime. <laughs> <laughs>